welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down. I'm your host, Stephen Weed, and luckily joining me here, not too far, that's right, I can hit the man, Wally Lukashevsky making a trip to Columbus, Ohio. Wally, how we doing, man? It's actually been a couple weeks since we got to catch up and do an episode. How are we? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm happy that you did bring up it's been a couple weeks. Man, I don't like to usually bitch too much about the negatives, I guess, going on in personal life. Oh, we're just getting right into it. Oh, we're getting right into it. Right. I'm jumping immediately. You ask how I'm doing. I'm going to tell you how I'm doing. I, okay, that's more of a rhetorical question, but <laughs> I'll, I'll let you run with it. So I'm going to run with it. So I usually am only going to be telling you the positive stuff, but I am so stressed out right now. You know, the listeners don't. And to be honest, I just had to vent, so I'm going to vent to you and whoever else is listening at home. I have three weddings this summer in early fall. I'm the best man at all three weddings. Wow. I just lost. Brag. Yeah, it's a humble brag. It was really cool up until we got about six months away from all the weddings, and all of a sudden, oh shit, I have to do things? Like, this isn't nearly as fun as I expected it to be. And the money's a problem. The locations are problems. There's the, the, the weddings, two of them are back to back. We're talking October 7th and October 9th. And I'm supposed to go oh. from Columbus to Milwaukee for somehow between August or October 7th and October 8th. And I don't know how it's physically going to happen. It's it's called driving a car. You literally just did it to get here. I get it. But that's like an eight hour, nine hour drive. And I'm supposed to not get buckled at a wedding I'm best man at? It's all right. It's just my washer wall. Oh, I was like, what is going on? Are we about to get bombed? They probably toast. didn't even hear that. I don't even know what that was. Wow. But anyway, so yeah, just a little stressed out on that end. On top of that, I told you guys before I'm trying to break into the industry, and that's really stressful because apparently it's hard to just show up in Dean Sports Talk Radio. As you know, we go through the wonderful Ohio Media School. We won't talk about them here. But outside of that, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Wonderful times, wonderful days. Hey, if it, if it makes you feel a little bit better, I can definitely relate to you on the money crunching. Got a cousin that's actually getting married. He was tossing, it was Ireland, then Montana, then a toss-up between Jackson and Iceland. Jackson, Wyoming, that is. So finally pulled the trigger, going to Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, my gorgeous girlfriend had, you know, obviously pulled the trigger on booking because we're men. We love procrastinating and not really getting anything done unless, you know, it's about sports drugs or laying down and watching TV, which is also sports. We're pretty good at that kind of stuff, though. I'm paying $1,500 between the hotel and plane ticket for a four-day weekend in Jackson, Wyoming. Well, then on top of that, you have that stress of the travel itself. It's a forfeited weekend. No offense to the people out there that are getting married that were bitching about your weddings. This is called a lope season. I need you to call me in. Let me give a best man speech on an iPhone in front of you and a couple strippers in Vegas. I do not need the six month out. Let's go on a pontoon boat. Let's go. Let's go paintballing. Let's go paintballing. What is your friend? Two of the three getting married. Believe this or not, two of the three weddings they actually wanted paintball. So I was like, hey, you know what? This isn't me. If you guys want it, this is supposed to be your day. And whatever, I'll move on. I'm a big target. Yeah, I'm a little bitter about that. It's not going to be great for me. But beyond that, that's fine. As long as they're all happy, that's what's going to be, that's what's important. But I tell you what, I'm getting pretty excited for November for the simple fact that it's gone for me. I don't have to worry about it. And don't get me wrong. I'm extremely, extremely excited to go to Jackson, Wyoming. I mean, outside of a wedding, and I'm not really a hunter, skier, 
maybe a hiker, but they don't have legal weed out there. So there's not a lot I'd be doing out in Jackson, Wyoming outside of this. So the sites are going to be sweet. It's the cousin I'm, I'm the closest with in age, friendship-wise, even though he's my cousin, so he's not really my friend, technically, you know? But, I know you what know, you mean, No, but my boy Matt's a friend. I love that kid to death, so I'm, I'm looking pumped, and me and Kylie actually made a weekend out of it, so we found out, she manipulated it a little bit, we found out that it's actually cheaper to fly from Columbus to Jackson, and we're going to make a week trip out to L.A. Oh, wow. Fly out there and then fly back to Columbus. That's cheaper than a round a round trip just to Jackson, Wyoming. So I said, fuck it. We take that week off. We go chill in L.A. Oh, oh, legal weed. Remember I said that? But most importantly, you got the beach. Maybe catch a Dodgers game. Maybe a little Angels of Anaheim as well. Angels in the outfield. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Wally. Pretty solid. It can happen. That's all I know. You, you tell me you remember that kid. I know you know. It don't matter. It's Jordan, isn't it? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt that's playing that movie? That name didn't mean anything to me, so I appreciate it. Um, Help me out. Give what? me something. Dude, Lo- Looper? Inception? The little kid Inception. from Third Rock from the South? Oh, no, see, no, we're, we're talking about, okay, I, I was talking about the It Can Happen. It was the little black kid that was like five years old where they're like, oh, they're not going to come back from like 19 to 1 or something like, oh, no, no, it was the... I can see angels, or I want to see angels. You're like, you're not going to see angels. Kid. Oh, you're, like, no, you're thinking of you're thinking of Sixth Sense. I can see dead people. <laughs> yeah, it's the same story. It's actually the same movie, just uh, same universe. That's the sequel. No big deal. I heard if you actually play the angels in the outfield backwards, it lines up with the ending. It's like for some reason Bruce Willis is at you know in the beginning of Angels. No one catches it until you play it backwards. Line it up with the sixth sense. It's actually fucking miraculous. Yeah, it's just like in the Gardens of Eden, that song where you just got that, you play it backwards and you got the devil talking to you. It's no problem. Oh, also, last thing, and then we'll actually start talking football. Will we? Yeah, eventually we will talk football. But here's the thing that really, it's got me all stressed out about this, is that I am told you, I'm looking for work, and all of a sudden, that's three bachelor parties that I'm expected to be at. That's three weddings I have to be at. So all of a sudden, I'm just like, hey, I'm going to work really hard for you guys. I need six weekends off in the next six months. Not a problem. But beyond that, I'm going to work really hard for you guys. This is also my two-week notice. But if you can already forward me that six months of pay, that'd be great. That'd be I feel like, who's going to hire that guy? Like, uh, well, I know I would. I tell you what, this is why it pays to not be nice. That's a fact. Oh, well, you know. Mom and stepdad have a little little apartment not too far from me. I'll see if we can work something out. Maybe like a little maid service. Come in clean. Just frustrating. But whatever. Walk the stepdad. You know what time it is. We'll, we already know we'll what time it. it is, baby. So, a lot of stuff going on. We have a couple things to talk about. Got Atlanta and Julio up in the air. Green Bay and Eric consistently been up in the air here. But man's finally making it public. But before we hop in, you know we got to get a couple fun, funny stories to kind of cleanse, cleanse the palate, the ear palate, I guess you would say. You need to after that start. That was brutal even for our standards. <laughs> it can't get worse. We'll start out with an amazing, awesome, historic scene here over the weekend. Phil Mickelson, the 50-year-old, becomes the oldest man to win a PGA Tour event, winning the PGA Championship this past weekend, and that scene was chaotic. That the people were grabbing him. There's 10,000 people behind him walking him. When's the last, hey, when's the last time we've seen that? And I feel like we're never going to really see that again if it's not outside Tiger, Phil. I don't know. I can see like a Brooks. 
See, I know that a lot of the younger fans love Brooks, but I think the reason, and you just hit on it with Tiger, those two, Phil Mickelson and Tiger, really kind of brought golf into the new age where people like us growing up were like, wow, golf isn't the old man boring sport that we kind of grew up believing it was. This is an awesome game. And Phil and Tiger, either one, they're both polarizing figures. You either love them or you hate them. And to have an event like this this last weekend where you go have Brooks Koepka, one of the best young names in golf, and Phil Mickelson paired together on the final round of the tournament, it was awesome. You ask if I've seen a, a scene like that. I mean, the closest thing you can even think of was Tiger a few years ago when he won his final, uh, was that Augusta? When he won his Masters. Yeah, no, exactly. When he won the Masters. I couldn't remember at first if it was US Open or if it was the Masters. But yeah, Tiger was... Oh, no, Green Jacket. Ring a fucking bell at all, Wally? Well, he's won. It feels like enough of them. I can kind of lose track of which ones are his and which ones aren't. So Facts. He's just handing them out. Yeah, he, honestly. He Here you go, Charlie. should fit in a couple years. <laughs> he has, what, like 19 or 20 majors? But we're getting sidetracked. It was one of the coolest scenes that you can remember in golf. I was... I think most people were. Even people that aren't tuned in a lot of times to golf on Sunday... I feel like everybody made sure they had an eye on it, especially for the last few holes. And I think when you pair that with, we're starting to see fans come back in droves to sports now with COVID restrictions being softened or lifted, softened or lifted. And with that happening, you're going to have scenes like this for the at least near future that remind us why sports are so great. You know, we're talking about Bruce Kafka here. Please tell me you saw that interview. DeChambeau walks by and he was just in straight disgust and actually lost his train of thought during the interview. That is hilarious. Well, we've all been there. If you actually hate someone that you are forced to be around regularly, you physically cannot stand to be in their presence. That's what it looked at. He literally said, as soon as he heard Bryson talk, as soon as he saw him, as soon as he heard him walking with the metal cleats, all of that just came out at once where... He was so disgusting. He literally rolled his eyes at the camera. She's like, I'm sorry. How was I supposed to focus on anything with all that going on? And if it was a normal player, another player, anybody else. Except for Patrick Reed, I think he would have had the same response. He might have. That's for Patrick Reed. That's very true. But outside of those kind of guys, I don't even think that he would have like registered the noise, registered the player walking by. It's just funny. I love it. I think Brooks is one of the young faces of the game. And golf's in great hands, man. Like, our generation really has taken the golf in a way that I don't feel like a lot of generations have in the past, at least in the numbers they have. The game of golf's in better hands now than I think that we can probably say ever in our lives. I think I feel like our generation is, and obviously we're not, you know, or at least myself, not as well, well-versed in golf as I'd like to be, but like this generation are just one-hit wonders. You have the Rory's fall off. The Jordan Spieth fall off. And that's just what kind of happens. Brooks is even kind of going there with the injuries that he's had here the past year. He hasn't you know, really been finishing as high as you know we've been anticipating. Now granted he, he finished tied second here at the US Open, or I'm sorry, the PGA Championship, so it is nice seeing him back on track and that goatee. Oh my god. He's, here's the thing with him. A lot of guys have the fall offs. His fall off hasn't really been as harsh I saw something earlier. I can't even, it might have even been on part of my tape when I was listening to it, but he's like something like 50 strokes better than the next golfer in the course of the last several years. Even with the fall off, even with the injuries, he's been consistent and the guy takes care of his body. So even when he has these injuries, he's able to rehab and come back faster. It's just a great time to be a golf fan or at least to get into golf because I'm more at that 
infancy stage or even a little further ahead of me. But it's a lot of fun to be getting into golf right now. So you're asking me about this now. Obviously, the purse for the PGA Championship was uh, roughly around $12 million, So Phil Mickelson walked, walked away slightly under $2.1 million. Not a bad day. I just, exactly. And that's what I wanted to put in perspective is the person that finished last in 81st, he walked away with $18,000. 81st, but you know who finished 80th of 81st? Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson walked away with $18,600. That's how much Bubba Watson walked away from this weekend. That's mind-boggling to me. He probably said keep the changes. He's walking off the course. Too. I don't need that money. Or if he's a smart man, just take it to the casino. Put it in Dogecoin. Everybody wins. Yeah, or that Bitcoin. Have you heard about Bitcoin? It's, this is the time to buy in the cryptos. Everything plummeting. I'll be the guy. I'll swoop in. I'll have a yacht. I'll be saying peace out. Edit your own podcast. I'm gone, Steven. So jump in with me. Let's take the plunge. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like half listening. There seems to be this extreme. Oh, The Conjuring. Coming back out with another movie June 4th. I know that's not really sports news. I love scary movies. I like being scared in my bed by myself at midnight. That's the movie I'm going to be watching. And obviously, they got my guy Patrick Wilson in there. How could you say no? Well, see, The Conjuring, we're getting way off track. But I, w- I will agree, scary movies are outstanding. Honestly, all The Conjurings, the Annabelle universes, all those, they were really fun this last decade because it felt like scary movies had kind of fallen off a little bit to have these kind of style come back and be so prevalent every other year or so. I know that it didn't get well-received, but The Nun... I still remember that. I haven't seen that yet. I wanted to. When I was in school, my sister was at school at the same time, and it was Halloween, and we said, screw it. Let's just go to the theater down there at Lenox Center in Columbus. And they didn't like the IMAX. And we went during the day because it was the only time that we were both free. So I screw it. Let's get some, what, slushies? Have, have a, the popcorn? Get some popcorn. Well, hold on. So what's your, what's your go-to movie theater candy? Like, go under your head. You can only pick one. See, if you're saying – this is important because you're saying movie theater – I'm going popcorn because something's different Sorry, about no, that candy. Popcorn. Okay, we're not counting. Uh, of course, we're going with popcorn. If you're not getting what? How could you not eat popcorn? Okay, all right. You know what? Here, this is going to be the worst take of all time. I'm gonna get drilled by anybody and everybody that listens to this about this. I'm a big Milk Duds fan. Okay. Okay, I got. That's, that's a bad. better. That's a better reaction than I expected. I thought I was gonna get. Why are you not heads? People who eat lemon heads like belong in jail. Yeah, those are the same people that are that have the. Two, three, four massive gallon jars of their toenail clippings since they were like four years old. You don't do that? No, I got rid of them. Strictly a fingernail guy now. Okay, well, that's cool. Yeah, big fingernail guy. Me personally, bunch of crunch. Which one's that? It's a little, it's the mini crunch bars, bro. Well, that's, here's the thing I don't know. And, I then have you, this, and then you throw that into the popcorn. You've lost me already. Yeah, yeah, I get real stoned before I go to those movies. That's usually where that came out of, or that's how I got the idea. Yeah, you just get, you know, I'm not saying the whole popcorn, because then it looks like, you know, you shit on your hands, wiped it, walked back in the movie theater seat, and wouldn't miss a minute. Yeah, it's like a small little bit of popcorn, throw some bunch of crunch in it. You got sweet, chocolatey, salty, buttery, all with some crunch. I'm not going to judge it because I haven't tried it. That might be one of these things movie trip for the, the guys who might end up going seeing a scary movie at some point. I'll have to see what you I'll see. I'll see what we got right now. Yeah, all right. We'll see what that... Now, we'll sidetrack while you're... By the way, The Nun, everybody said it was bad. My sister and I were the only people alone in this giant IMAX theater and then like one person comes in psychotic move, which first of all, of course I think it's a nun because we're in the movie theater at the time. I'm like, we're going to die. This is crazy. 
but psychotic. Dude, that's fucking her right there. Th- that's crazy. She's coming right at me. But she sat the row behind us in a giant IMAX theater by ourselves. The three people in a theater. I literally thought the whole movie. I'm like half afraid of what I'm watching on the screen. I'm half afraid of what's going to happen to me because I thought this lady was going to snap. But who just walks into a movie theater and just sits directly behind the only other person there? What if you did? What would you have done if she walked in and sat like three seats from you? At what point is it polite to say, you know what, I'm just going to get up and go to another row? Because I was close. Well, that's kind of on you. I always go to the last row in the movie theater. Well, see, I would usually, but it's such a large theater and the fact that nobody was there. Yeah, um, okay, yeah. I mean, the reason I go there is because I usually can just crank one out and no one can really see me. But in the in the large theater, I guess you can do that anywhere if it's empty. Well, I hope we have any listeners at this point still. What are we, wh- where are we even at? This wasn't written down. This is all because you saw a commercial as we're watching the Brooklyn Nets play the Boston Celtics on Tuesday night. That's the other thing. We're recording a day early, so expect it. I guess you guys won't know until it's already out. It'll either be out Wednesday night or Thursday morning, but either way, what's our next thing on here? Yeah, well, you know, let's let's move on from the ejaculating movie theater, because I think this is a great segue. Marv Albert, the great NBA... That is a great segue. (laughs) Wow, what a segue. Marv Albert, great NBA uh, broadcaster. He is set to retire after the Easter Conference final. His son, Kenny, doing a great job uh, in Doc's absence for the NHL right now as well. You know, Marv Albert... Just absolutely legendary broadcaster. Definitely one of my, you know, I would say, I would argue top five ones I looked, you know, I looked up to, especially going to the Ohio Media School with you. So it's going to, it's going to hurt seeing him go, but we'll see who the next one up is. Yeah, it's been a rough, honestly, year or so between NBA and NHL news. You just mentioned Doc Emmerich being done with the NHL this year. And Kenny Albert, credit to him, he stepped in. He's done a good job so far. We'll see if he's still calling games next year once NBC no longer has the rights. Wayne Gretzky, ironically enough, just signed a deal today with TNT. So uh-huh. he's going to be working with hockey there. But it's a sad time for people our age. The guys that we grew up with are kind of retiring and like winding down here. But yeah, Marv, I'm not a giant basketball fan, but even guys like me, I can hear his voice vividly. Because he's the guy, if you ever played 2K, stuff like that. He's the guy that you know from that. He's just, he's basketball. Obviously, there's Mike Breen. Dang, that's I- exactly. But of course, we're we're not talking about him yet. Although he's probably coming towards the end of his, I guess, tenure as a a radio guy as well, or announcer, I should say. But yeah, he's one of those key people in the industry. You mentioned that we met at Ohio Media School. We had similar idols growing up, and he's one of those guys, constant professional on the court, on the court. I have to preface that professional on the court. We're not talking about the off the court stuff. But yeah, I wish him uh, all the best in retirement. It's uh, going to be a little different to watch NBA games without him calling, that's for sure. So over what over last weekend, weekend before, we had Henry Ruggs and Cole Hardman, Justin Jefferson, and Devin White do a virtual 40-yard dash challenge to finally put to rest maybe who's the fastest guy in the NFL. Obviously, they didn't have Tyreek Hill there. That was the biggest question mark. Maybe add a DK Metcalf, the guy who did not finish last in Olympic qualifying, I thought he did finish. Oh, no, he did. He finished last on his leg, but not 15 out, 15 out of 17, baby. Good call. That's my bad. So, Justin Jefferson, 4-5, which I was very surprised about. We had Devin White with a 4-3-7, which is fucking scary to think about. A, a linebacker with a 4-3-7 speed. We had your boy, 
Henry Ruggs with a 4.62 and... 4.62. Hold up. Don't disrespect my guy like that. I'm sorry. 4.26. Dyslexia, full effect right now. (laughs) And then we have Cole Harmon from the Kansas City Chiefs winning this challenge with a 4.22. Now, these are all unofficial. Just like all all the draft 40s that we had this past year because there's no draft combine. Still extremely impressive. Henry Ruggs already came out saying, I want to I want to race McCall Harmon side to side, see how this really is to... Even the playing field, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. To, e- to even it up a little bit. Because, you know, maybe maybe McCall Harmon's guy had a little bit fast thumb. I'm, ju- I'm not saying that because you don't just accidentally clock Bias. a 4 2 Well, I was just giving the Chief credit. Give me a little respect here. My takeaway when I watch this, you can make a case for all four of these guys having incredibly impressive times here. And let me give you a reason for each. Justin Jefferson running a 4-5 and still being able to get that separation on the football field shows how incredible of a route runner he is, shows how physical he is off the jump, off the ball. I love that. That was really surprising because I thought he ran slow, but it's crazy we also live in a day and age that a 4-5-0 is like a slow time. Yeah. Then you have Devin White, which arguably is the most impressive out of all this, a 4-3-7 at his size, at his position. That was banana lands. He runs as fast as his freaking horse he owns. And then you have Henry Ruggs running a 4-2-6. That's crazy impressive considering, in fact, the Raiders just refused to use him. So I thought that was really cool. I'm looking forward to hopefully they get him involved a little bit more this year. And then McCole Hartman, is he the fastest player on his own team? Because Tyreek Hill, like you said, he didn't run this. I'd love to see those guys side by side because you know that would be a hell of a race. Well, you got McCole Hartman, Tyreek Hill, and you can even throw in... Then you got Demarcus Robinson, who's not too not too slow either. Yeah, so we understand now why uh, no one in the NFL secondaries looking at you can really keep up with Kansas City. Well, yeah, and then you even have guys like Byron Pringle, who runs a four four six. He's slow on that team. But imagine running a mid four four at a wide receiver position, and you're getting freaking lapped in practice, basically, by these guys. It's a terrifying room to have especially if you are in that AFC West and you're a defensive coordinator, because Patrick Mahomes could already throw me or you wide open, and then you give them speed there on the outside as well, or even in the slot. It's just not fair. This is a Chiefs team that it's just really sick and scary, and I don't like any of it. Not for a minute. It's all right. Until your boys uh, get Aaron Rodgers, I think uh, you'll you'll be in drama land for a little bit. Let's not tease too much about Aaron Rodgers yet. We'll get to your misery and suffering. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We'll get down to the NFL stories now. One that uh, is kind of interesting. A lot of eyebrows raised. Tons of question marks following said raise. Calvin Benjamin, remember him, signing with the New York Giants. And they're actually expected to move him to tight end. This man turned 30 in February. Hasn't played since 2018. And now you're adding him to an already stacked tight end room led with Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. They also have Caden Smith and Levine. How the hell do you say this? Toy Lolo? This is your boy. I remember you fixing me up on it one day. Wait, what are you talking about? Levine Toy Lolo. <laughs> See, I didn't fix you up on that. Levine Toliolo. Whatever, you go with that. Toliolo? Well, I mean, you're the English doctor. You're going to know these words better than I am. But then you got the wide receiver. You know, that receiving room, in general, if you put the tight ends and wide receivers, are mediocrely stacked. What were your thoughts about Calvin Benjamin making his way back in the NFL? But more importantly, what are your thoughts about the Giants being the team to make that risk? So when Calvin Benjamin gains weight, it's cool. We'll just move you to tight end. When I gain weight, it's 
we need to sit you down. You need to stop drinking. You need to stop eating pizza. Like th- this is a big difference, but it's crazy to think now that we're what two weeks removed from the Tim Tebow signing at tight end, and now you have another guy going to tight end, and you're just like, I don't know how this is gonna look. One thing I'll say for Kelvin Benjamin, at least, the guy had all the skill coming out of school. The guy even had, I want to say, he had a thousand yards receiving early in his career, two times I want to say, and he just didn't take care of his body. It's unfortunate. You see it sometimes. It's not isolated to skill position players. I mean, you have offensive linemen that have the same thing. Trent Brown with the Raiders last year is a guy that you can look at for that. You can also look at, I can't remember who it was for the Bengals' right tackle from Alabama uh, back five years ago. It don't matter. But you you guys know what I'm talking about. And then you have Eddie Lacy. It's unfortunate that these guys, when they make all this money, they're not able to get – I guess the nutritional or nutritionist help that they need to stay into the league. I hope for his sake it goes well. Again, guy was supremely talented, and who knows? I I'm not very encouraged about what New York's overall situation is. There's a few guys in there that I'm fired up on the wide receiver aspect. Evan Ingram's clearly going to be the guy at tight end, but if he's willing to basically take an isolated role, become a little bit of a blocking tight end too. Who knows? Maybe he uh, proves me wrong. He looks halfway decent. I just, I think this is going to be one of those situations that in a year you forgot that this even happened. Well, in 2019, the Giants originally held him out or had him out for a tryout after he spent 2018, 13 games in Buffalo, traded to Kansas City towards the end and the postseason. 2019 gets that workout with the Giants, but it never really materialized into anything. Here, a year and a half, two years later, now, Calvin Benjamin's on this roster. Overall, I think that they have a very fun offensive room, even though it's kind of poking the bear a little bit, calling them mediocre. Very good mixture of young studs, potential stars, mixed in with a couple veterans with your Kyle Rudolph. You know, adding Calvin Benjamin, you know, it, on paper doesn't really seem that great, but at the same time, still adding a veteran presence. And it kind of, I'm not, not really calling you out, but to fix it, he actually went 1,000 yards once. That's on okay. me. I was signaling the wall. He was twice. But the second year, he had 941. So almost right there. But still, 900-plus back-to-back seasons his first two years. The guy can obviously play the game. But being out of the league, I'm expecting to crack that beer. But being out of the league for this long, gaining the weight, moving to tight end, we'll see because they have a loaded room. You know, nothing's even promised that he's going to make that 53, 53-man roster. Maybe he'll make a practice squad. I'm not sure. You just mentioned, though, Kyle Rudolph coming in. So who really is to say he's going to make that roster? I'm glad you pointed that out. I really do think this is going to be one of those situations we look back on next year and we're not even remembering that he was a giant for, call it, three months until they have to make final cuts. But hopefully I'm wrong. Good, Good for him. Good for him that he got a job. Good luck to him and all that fun stuff. But very low expectations on my end. Well, we'll see. We'll see how long it takes for the Giants to get rid of Calvin Benjamin. At the same time, we're going to see how long it takes for the Atlanta Falcons to pull the trigger on this potential Julio Jones trade. So, first off, props to us. We've been calling the we've been calling the the Julio trade maybe the blow up of the Atlanta Falcons here for a few months now. Now it's starting to come into light. But <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face talking about how Shannon Sharp just completely did this man wrong. I can't get over that story. Like, that's like every thing we learned about in Ohio Media School, what not to do. He did it in the course of 15 seconds. Yeah, he's off that yak. Skip. 
Scam them off that yak. So this past week, there, there have been reports that Atlanta was potentially shopping around Julio for a first-round draft pick. This was during the NFL draft. Now, everything is starting to come to light because, you know, as Wally was saying, as we're saying, Shannon Sharp calls him on his show, Undisputed on Fox. What was this, yesterday morning? Calls Julio out of the blue. Julio does not know he's on the show, which if you're friends with Shannon Sharp, you would think that he would know his schedule. Well, and the only thing flip side you can make a case for is that did they choreograph this beforehand because they are buddies and maybe this was his way to expedite the process of getting out? But I'll please continue. That's me explaining so both sides of the fence. I didn't see anything before or after, but what I gathered... You know, Sean and Darth are talking about the Cowboys on there, right? And they were mixing in with Julio Jones intentionally being traded out of Atlanta. Shannon Sharp goes on to call him live on the show. Julio says, yeah, man, I'm just working out. So you're staying in Atlanta. He's like, nah, man, I'm out of there. It's like, you're not going to the Cowboys, are you? It's like, no, I want to go somewhere where I can win. Essentially, you know, summarizing is what he's saying. So, out of all the drama we've been seeing with the stars that, you know, never really seem to come out public like this, it's awesome and hilarious to see. Julio doing this, and to your point, how could this not be staged? How could this not be planned? If that's really your boy, you're going to know that, I don't know, that's a fucking travel. I don't know, that five days out of the week from the 9.30 to 12 p.m. block, Shannon Sharp is going to be doing his show. Oh, sorry, he's in California. So 6 to 9, 6.30 to 9 is when he's doing that. Julio, come on. Yeah, what was insane is that I saw on Twitter before this story broke, I think the night before, some random guy, it might as well have been you or me, tweeted out a photo of himself at the Dallas airport with Julio Jones, and Julio Jones in the picture is wearing a Dallas Cowboy hoodie. And this was kind of the, guys, I'm, I'm not Adam Schefter, but I'm breaking news, he's here in Dallas wearing a Cowboys like hoodie. Do we think this is a possibility? Who knows? This is a situation where if Julio did not know that he was on TV when he was answering these questions. <laughs> I mean, this is a bad look because you not only are upset if you're Atlanta because this just drives down his trade value because he does not want to be there. Then Dallas is upset because now, now they know he doesn't want anything to do with them. I don't know how this has a happy ending for anybody besides Julio Jones and where he ends up going. And that's part of the cynic in me thinking that this could still be choreographed because if he did decide to tank his trade value, he's helping the team he's about to play for. Wherever that is. And here's the crazy thing too. You Google Julio Jones betting odds on where he's going to play next year. Every single book has vastly different lines. Vastly different. It's because there really is only so much you can know right now. There's the 5-4 six whatever teams that keep getting recycled in the conversation. But I really don't know if it's even going to be one of those five or six teams. I think this could realistically be whoever is willing to pony up a little bit extra money to help Atlanta rebuild in the future. I really don't even know where to begin to think he could end up because with his value going down, if it takes a second round pick and you eat a little cap, I think that all of a sudden a lot more teams are going to be at least entertaining the Julio Jones trade that wouldn't if it was a first-round pick and maybe a little less cap help. So we got Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Ramsey, just to name a few, already making recruitment. 
on Twitter once this broke. Which is crazy to me, too, because what, like, Tulio's going to walk into the, the Atlanta Falcons and be like, oh, I just basically sewered your entire organization, but now I'm going to give you my teams and where I want to pick? Like, imagine a poor bastard with the social media team with Atlanta yesterday. They literally had to tweet out, hey, Julio Jones was on Undisputed today talking about the Atlanta Falcons' future. Like, what are you doing? You are purposely getting dragged right now. So, as far as I'm concerned, they are still looking for that first-round pick as being trade bait. Well, I'm also looking for Jennifer Anderson to walk into my house every day and, and Professor Love to me. Both of those things are probably not going to happen. What about your girl, though? Well, which girl? You're talking about Colleen Wolf? Yeah, Colleen Wolf. We have an open relationship. We're very comfortable with each other. Open. <laughs> it's open, as in she's dating people, and I'm watching her date people. She's openly. She is. We're openly, openly dating, dating and she is each other. Off. We're openly dating other people, uh, but we are going to be in love, and we are going to be married. Don't worry about that. We're getting sidetracked. She what were you going to say about Julia? She doesn't love you. She does love me. She Stop. does not Julio. Why are you doing it? She does not Julio me? She does not Julio you. Well, now you're hurting my feelings. Carry on. Sorry, what did you have to say about Julia? So just saying the first round pick is the absolute do or die. What team do you think is going to be able to give that up or willing to give that up to get Julio? Or if there's even a team out there that is a wide receiver away like Julio from making that leap? Well, first of all, it's not going to be a first round pick. I'd be very stunned if it is. But the one thing that I've been seeing a lot of smoke around is Tennessee. Tennessee would make sense in theory. You already have the beast in Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill seemingly keeps improving. He went from being a guy everybody was willing to give up on a few years ago. And now all of a sudden he's getting a little reverse treatment where I feel like people are over in love with him. Where it's not quite what he is. But even so, you add in a guy like Julio to what they already have is a very good number one. And all of a sudden, you have three options if you include Derrick Henry in the running game. That could be a very scary offense. And with Mike Vrabel and that defensive, the whole defense, really, if they can improve a little bit, why not have them at least compete in the AFC? Now, I don't think that that would put them over the top of so, or let's say a Kansas City. But I don't know. I think that they'd be in the mix. Other betting odds we're looking at right here. So yesterday, FanDuel release odds. And like I said, every book's different. So realize this is probably even changed by the time this comes out to you guys. But as it sits, the Titans are plus 175. And they are the leader in the clubhouse to get Julio next year. And this is what I'm talking about. Atlanta is still number two. And then that is plus 250. Which basically says they're not going to be able to get the value that they feel like they deserve. So they just won't deal them. I'll just give you a couple other here to round out the top five. They have New England as plus 500, the 49ers at plus 750, and then the Washington football team at plus 750 as well. I mean, the only one of that core that we just talked about being a realistic contender for them, I mean, San Francisco is very, very, very close already if they can get healthy. And now that you bring in a guy like Trey Lance, which whatever people want to say, He's going to start early in the year. I don't know if how early, but he's going to start early in the year. Yeah, because Jimmy G is prone to being injured. That's the only way they're going to throw him in there. I know a uh, name drop here. Nick Mullins, who has been their backup quarterback here the past, you know, two, three, four years, who's done pretty damn well when he does have to step in, has moved to Jacksonville as their quarterback. So they're not really going to have a lot of backup quarterback plans. So to your point, 
I would not be surprised if Trey Lance makes that early entrance. Well, even what happens if, let's say, San Francisco starts this year 1-3 and three, where everybody has high expectations for him? Why not make the move to Trey Lance and why not, why not start him off early with not only then Kittle, but you add a Julio Jones in there? Talk about being your best friend to a quarterback. That's an organization looking out for the success of him long-term. I mean, the other two teams you could make a case for as well. New England, obviously, Mac Jones. I think he'll probably be starting at some point next year as well. But do we really think they're a Super Bowl contender with or without Julio Jones? I really don't think so. Washington, same story. Maybe once Fitzpatrick and Fitzmagic moves on and they can figure out who their long-term solution is, you'd entertain that. But with how much money he's going to make, I'm not bringing in a guy like that for a maybe we can win a bad NFC East before we get bounced in a divisional round. So for me, it's not a, I really wouldn't be shocked at all if he's still back in Atlanta. I'm not going to say definitively he will. I just think that if he is moved, we're not going to see it be for the one. We're probably going to see it be for a second round pick and a little bit of cap help or cap alleviation, so to speak. So what all of these teams have in common Outside of San Francisco last year, these are all playoff teams. San Francisco makes sense. You're gonna you could put him right back with Kyle Shanahan when he had arguably his best year in years underneath him when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. Not to mention you got Debo Samuel when healthy can be an absolute stud, and Brandon Ayuk who's going into his second year. Great point. I didn't even mention those great I think, those guys. Great point. I think those are a pretty solid wide receiving core to have. Obviously, with led with Julio and Kittle. You know, hopefully Kittle can stay healthy this year. You know, you go to New England, I don't really see why that'd be a viable option and why he would want to go there just to have a struggling Cam Newton towards the tail end of his career and then a young developing Mac Jones. He's not going to want to wait there. He, he wants to win. And they're not even the best team in that division. I wouldn't even say they're the, they're the third best team in the division. And that's not saying much because the fourth best team is the fucking New York Jets. We're dog shit. Hey, Zach Wilson was cheering for the Penguins loss in New York a few nights ago, so he's already on my show. Yeah, I don't care. Dude, I've never even had sex before. I don't give a fuck about what Zach Well, I'm rooting against him literally from the jump. The, the fact that he was rooting against the Penguins before he took a snap... His mom's hot, though. Yeah, but, I mean, again, we're talking the Mormon crazies. I don't need that. We, I'm not going to also talk off an entire uh, religious denomination. We need listeners. We love you, Utah. We love you, Utah uh, I'm going to go, go on a limb and say that Mormons are not our target audience. You're probably right. They're not the target demographic. We're more of Amish. <laughs> we're Amish. Yikes. That's good. No, but to kind of my point leading into this segue... If, if but then you have Washington, who, you know, potentially could be another wide receiver away. Putting him with Terry McLaurin's going to, that'd be fun. Then you got Logan Thomas as their tight end, as well as they added Curtis Samuel here in the offseason. Then they got, they got a pretty solid backfield with that rookie that they had last year. Antonio Gibson in the backfield, who had a stellar rookie year. The offense is only going as far as Ryan Fitzmagic wants to take them. And that defense is absolutely filthy. So I can see Julio Jones going there. Now, to kind of follow up what I had started this opinion with is all these teams or all the teams, you know, outside of obviously now New England, San Fran didn't make the playoffs last year. All these teams that are looking to get in are going to be playoff teams. So for the most part, they're going to be a bottom 12, 10 to bottom eight picks in the first round. Why would you not want to trade that pick? If you're not hitting the top 10, 12, 13, 14 
Yeah, you can trade him. I can understand why why you would not want to do that. But say, I don't know. Obviously, you know where I'm going to go. Say like a Green Bay Packers team who in the past, you know, for the most part, they're in the they're they're pushing towards the 30s. Why would you not want to give a draft pick like that up? Like a Baltimore Ravens team that seems to be making that playoff run, giving up a 26, 27 pick just to have a Julio Jones. That's a guy you can plug and play and you get for at least three to four years. Why would you not want to do that? I mean, it really comes back to me. And I keep saying it every time we bring him up over the last month, month and a half is if you're going to make a move for a wide receiver and obviously things change if a team, let's say, eats up $10 million of the dead cap instead. So that's going to change the value coming in and out. So then you have to look into who can actually afford them or not. But for me, it turns down to if you add in a guy like Julio Jones for the money it's going to take, for the pick it's going to take, you better become a Super Bowl front runner immediately. And the teams you just pointed out, or that we both pointed out, I should say, Tennessee, San Francisco, New England. Baltimore. Baltimore. All these teams that we're talking about here, the only one I can really think of that takes that next step would potentially be Tennessee because right now they're probably pretty close to a pick with Indianapolis, would you say, in the AFC South? Oh, we didn't even, we didn't even talk about Indy. No. I think Indy would be a great fit for them, honestly. You There's a hundred teams there. that you could make a case for being a fit. I mean, even the... You talk about your team. Yeah, now i got to go there. The Raiders are even being rumored as one of the front runners for Julio Jones. Yeah, all smoke and mirrors, like like you like to say, but great O-line, great defense, a competent quarterback. Well, I'm not saying that Matt Ryan isn't, but something that they have been lacking the past few years is a great O-line. They've also lacked a defense. That's another situation where exactly. why would Julio want to go somewhere like the Raiders where it's just like he's trading one shit show for another, just flipping sides of the country. For the record, I'd rather be in Vegas than Atlanta, though, <laughs> without question. Yeah, I guess that's kind of biased, but I, I can agree with you on that. It's biased, but Atlanta, it's hot, it's muggy, it's humid. Give me that dry heat. Give me the strip. Give me everything that Vegas is. I'm ready for it. Plus, come on, the silver and black, one of the best uniforms out there. I'd rather that any day. But we're getting off topic a little bit. My, yeah, it's a little bit like us. I know it's a little surprising. All I will say is that if he does move... Don't expect it to be for a first, and do not be surprised when this turns out to be a team that we didn't even mention. Because I really do think the Julio Jones sweepstake is much more wide open than they would lead us to believe right now. I'm interested to see how this is all going to develop here, outside of a couple other players. God, what a segue. I'm, I'm just like the king of segues, <clears throat> and you have to respect me. Speaking about development, Joe Burrow is already throwing at Cincinnati's OTAs. Thanks, Paul Blart. King of Segways. Oh, King of Queens? Well, come on, Paul Blart Mockhop? Come on, he's on the Segway the whole time. I know, Kevin James, King of Queens. I got that, I got that. I'm just saying that. We're talking Paul Blart Mockhop right now. We're talking the little ride around, like, shooting, like, little licorice sticks at people, making them fall over. It don't matter. Whatever, yeah, King of Queens. The fact that you're explaining the movie to me is I will explain it scene by scene. We have an hour and a half longer of this. I hope everyone's ready. Wait, you're going to do this? So here are how it starts. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. King of Queens is the only Kevin James thing you need to watch outside. Grown Ups? Outside of the Sean Payton movie that he's going to be starring in here. Good point. Netflix here soon. 
It's also a callback. About that. But the development of Joe Burrow has been absolutely insane. This man tore his ACL week 11 against the Washington football team. I had to catch myself there. It's only been a year. Pretty surprising. So if you do your math right, that's only about six, six and a half months out. ACL, rehab, coming back to full strength. Usually looking at around nine months. This dude's already been jogging, throwing at the OTAs. This man's a fucking animal. Dude, he's perfect. I can't hype up Joe Burrow enough. The fact that he's already out there. I mean, this guy was jogging like three months after his surgery. It was the restrictive jogging, obviously, that they have you do through medical personnel. They're not the, like the being Pat Mahomes jog walk. Well, yeah. Or, do you guys remember the, the Carson Palmer Sports Illustrated cover like 15 years ago where he's jogging in a pool of water after Chemo Van Olhoffen rolled up on his leg and they're like, this guy got an ACL transplant from somebody. This guy's going to be different this time. Crazy how 15 years changed. We're now it's just like, oh yeah, no problem. Joe Burrow's just out there throwing footballs. It's only been like six months since he literally had his leg explode on the field. We thought that there were people who remember on the injury, people were like, is he going to be back by this time next year? This isn't a normal ACL. This is... Bone problems. This is ligament damage. This is nerve problems. And everyone's a fucking doctor when someone gets hurt. Oh, for sure. It's just, I'm very happy for Bengals fans. I'm very happy for Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be back better than ever. Would have been really cool if, you know, you guys got your offensive line any better this offseason. I stood up for you guys when you guys decided to take Jamar Chase instead. I've been saying, you know what, that's fine. You're going to go get your guy in round two. And then, holy shit. So hopefully you guys can figure it out. I'm, I really do have a soft spot in my heart for the Bengals. So I hope it works out. I love Joe Burrow, but man, I hope that he can survive it there with uh, what he's got going on there as a line. Thank God he's not playing for the Chargers. They probably would have amputated his leg by now and stabbed both his lungs. Yeah, oh, you didn't want the leg off when we started surgery? Well, cool, because we actually took the left leg off and it's the right leg that's injured. Yeah, we'll fix the right one up fine, though. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you didn't really want to play football, did you? It's not that good of a sport. Someone else doesn't really seem like they want to play football into our last segment of the day. You know we had to save the best for last, or in your case, depression for last. Which is perfect. I'll ask you the question here. Okay. So Aaron Rodgers goes on SportsCenter yesterday, which by the time you guys hear this, it's been a few days. Kenny Mayne's final show, which... R.I.P. Kenny Mayne. We all love Kenny Mayne. I was going to say, he's going to turn up somewhere and he's going to be better than ever, whether that be through another sport conglomerate, giant like Fox Sports or CBS Sports, whatever he chooses to do, podcasts, whatever. He's going to be successful. He's already got a following. He's one of the true guys in sports that no one has a bad thing to say about. But that's not what we're going to talk about. On his final interview or his final night, he interviewed Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers kind of shed a little bit more light into the Green Bay Packers situation. Quote-unquote. Yeah, quote-unquote is right. He's not showing up for the voluntary workouts right now. Doesn't sound like he has any ambition or goals to show up in the near future. Sounds like he's kind of almost trying to force the hand of the Packers to move him or to remove... Gutenkust. Gutenkust. Sorry, spaced on his name there. It's it's a rough one. I, yeah, I, there was no. I could have sat here for twenty four hours, and I would have just been. Like, it starts with a G. He's been the GM for. I think this is going on his fourth year. I just found out how to pronounce it correctly. Well, perfect. Just in time for you to just start saying Kudenkust out. But fire good, <laughs> fire good. fire good. Exactly. So I, I when you watched it, I guess what was your takeaways from this? Because 
I didn't exactly leave the interview very encouraged. She seemed kind of dismissive about the questions. And he's a good friend with Kenny Main. Like, it was never like a disrespect to Kenny Main thing. But it was a, I don't really want to answer this right now. I'm here to celebrate you because anything I say is not going to go over necessarily well, so to speak. Yeah, so... You know, those who don't know, Wally obviously touched on it. Aaron Rodgers has skipped the uh, voluntary off-season training activities with the Green Bay Packers. Now, this is the first time that he is missing that in his 16 years as a Green Bay Packer. Come to find out, he was actually down in Hawaii partying with his fiance and Miles Teller. If you don't don't know who that man is, War Dogs, great movie. I would suggest that you guys check that one out. I think it's pretty badass with... Uh, him and Jonah Hill's co-starring right next to him. Find out that they're in Hawaii, partying their faces off, having a great time while everyone in Green Bay, anyone who's a Packers fan, is sitting here worrying their face off as well. This feels like it's starting to become real for me. I was just in denial, denial, denial. Still kind of am. But it was nice to finally see Aaron making a, you know, making a public appearance, speaking somewhat on it. Now, kind of your point here, Wally, you know, that interview, we didn't really get anything out of it. It was almost like reading a college essay and realizing the person was just saying the same thing over again with no real context, and they were just looking to hit a word minimum. I mean, Wally, you know all about that. You did a bunch of papers, big doctrine in English, so I don't have to explain that twice to you. But, I mean, we watched the interview together, and we walked away like... What the hell is happening here? Like, we, we're not really too sure. He didn't really give any direct answers. Not like he shied away from the the training answers. But, you know, the, my biggest takeaway is it was just all shots at Gunacoost. Talked about how he didn't mind the draft pick, which is bullshit because he definitely did. It's one of, it was one of the dominoes that, that fell. Oh, yeah. Jordan's a great kid. Yeah. Yeah. You're really. Yeah. The guy just must take a bunch of mods. Doesn't have any dopamine in his in his brain anymore and now he's acting super depressed talking about how you know the culture how the what's the word how the I thought culture was a good word for it the organizational yeah. health yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, how the culture how the organization needs to be built brick by brick and that's not just from the people running it that's from the players in there that he basically said the people Minus the front office. That was the way I read it. He said he loved his teammates, the coaching staff, people, everyone, but never talked about the front office, which it's so clear that, you know, this being Aaron's first public appearance and actually speaking, now we can kind of put the words together because it's Aaron. He always has to put a little dramatic spin to it. I'm from Northern California. I'm a persnickety Persnickety, that's a fun little word. Do you like that? I like that. Not really sure what it means, but persnickety? I was kind of hoping that you knew what it meant. Is that an actual word? Yeah, persnickety. I have never used it before. Which is weird. You never had to use it in one of your English papers? Wow, you're beating that like a dead horse today, huh? It's been two weeks. I gotta catch up for it. Eh, good call. Persnickety definition. Placing too much emphasis on trivial or minor details. Wow. Look at you. You even used it right. Wow. I will, I'm going to make it a goal of mine to just organically put in persnickety next week into a, or two weeks from now, which you'll kind of hint at later when we wrap up. I think you're hitting at it right now. Well, yeah, fine. We'll just, there's nothing going on right now, guys. 
I already mentioned, and this is a Wally decision or Wally's fault. So if you guys are whoa, wanting whoa, more, Wally's fault. no, Wally's hands up. I need a breather. I'm not only searching jobs right now. I've got the other podcast on top of this one. I'm also editing and I'm also producing. So that's they, I, I needed a breather and with no NFL news going on. I'm like, hey, you know what? Do we want to come on and do what we do for 35, 40 minutes a week? Which we all have a blast. But it's going to be better once we get into mid-late summer a little bit. And there's actually football stuff to talk. I mean, what was our big football story today? Julio Jones went on a talk show and accidentally said something. Oh, on top of that, the guy that can't stop eating cheeseburgers is a tight end for the Giants. Oh, yeah. And these four guys just decided to race on Skype. Like, this is what we're at right now in the NFL season or in the literal NFL calendar season. So we're going to go every other week. So we won't be back. I'm trying to think of the date. It'll probably be the second. Oh, God. What? Two weeks from whenever this comes out. Two Wednesdays from now. We'll be back. Uh, and then we're going to be doing that for the next month and a half, two months. And then once we get closer to preseason, we will be back to normal. But I will say real quick, just last thing before we get back to that. Remember, if you have anything to add on to it, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, not even for the sake of the podcast. I really want him to be a Packer. It feels kind of weird to imagine him not in Green Bay. So I am rooting for him to be in green and gold for the rest of his career. I think by the day, it's starting to feel less and less likely. It doesn't feel like he's... I mean, he's basically doing the ultimatum to the franchise right now. It's me or Gutenhaus, Gutenhausen. Gutenkus. Gutenkus. Like you are saying, now whatever. We're, just, we're just playing like a game of chicken right now. Yeah, and it's not a position you want to be in if you're a Packer fan or if you're a part of that front office. You have a situation... Do you really have the, uh, the possibility of letting go of another Hall of Fame quarterback right on the heels of letting go of Brett Favre the way that it happened then and the way it looks like it's trending to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I hope for Packer fans, I hope for that organization it doesn't happen. I mean, he's as Packer as it gets. I know that he's the California kid. There's all the rumors about how he's kind of on rocky soil with his family because his brother, loser, I'm a Bachelor fan. I hand up. I admit that. No problem. Couldn't stand Jordan Rodgers. So I am rooting for Aaron in that situation. Long way to get there. I hope that he stays in Green Bay, man. I, I really do for your sake. I hope for the podcast sake too because you're going to just be like suicidal all next year as Jordan Love throws a pick on like the fourth pass of the season against who, who do you play week one? It's probably Adam Alfonso's Bears, and then you're going to have to no, we got deal with that for the rest of your one, life. Baby. Saints week one. All right, that's fine. So it's going to be Drew Brees' replacement versus Aaron Rodgers' replacement. Great game. I don't even want that. That's nightmare fuel right there. One thing I don't really think I covered over, you know, when I went on my rant here when this originally broke off is one of the biggest things that stuck out to me, which kind of ties in now to this whole game of chicken is you know, all these reports are coming out about how Aaron was upset that this rift went public. Okay, so if you're threatening the organization that you're not going to come back, you do not want to play <laughs> with them, and essentially looking for a trade, and then that goes public and you're upset about it, what does that say about you, Aaron? You were bullshitting the whole time. This went public. Now you have to act like this, and I feel like that's the position that we're in. Granted, Green Bay has offered him that significant contract extension, we talked here two weeks ago. Nothing has came about it, but I'm on this train, and I'm going to stay on this train. 
Aaron's going to get that new contract extension, guaranteed money, getting in his bag, free up cap space, Green Bay's trading for Julio Jones. Wow. See, that would be an awesome call. And I know I was, we were in a text thread earlier. And remind me, I've got another thing I want to go back to in a second. But Julio Jones going to be traded was something you were calling about from October on. I'll give you more credit than what I deserve because you definitely were calling for that specifically where I was saying, you guys are in cap hell. Your offense is getting older. You have to rebuild. You have to move whatever pieces you can. I wasn't being as specific. So credit to you. You were a little ahead of the curve there. And how could you not? They, you know, Calvin Ridley's up. Russell Gage can play. They just got well, and Calvin at least got re-signed. So, but he's now going to be the next guy stuck in hell while they're trying to figure out what's going on there. Exactly. But real quick, what I was going to say before, you talked about how Aaron did the, oh, I really, it's a shame this story like was released. All it reminds me of, I know we have been mentioning movies way too much today, but it reminds me of Anchorman where Ron Burgundy's at that jazz club and he goes, oh, I'm completely unprepared. This is not what I expected as he's pulling the, the flute out from his wrist or whatever, his coat pocket. He's exactly. like, oh, this is a shame. I, I was completely unprepared for this. He starts playing. It's the same thing where it's just like, I cannot physically imagine he was bummed out that that was released. It felt like to him, it was probably like a, a fist pumping moment. Be like, finally, the ball's moving. I'm either out or that loser GM is out. And I'm not saying I believe that. I'm telling you from Roger's perspective, I don't know. What a dumpster fire of a situation. It's the first time in a long time that I feel like for Packer fans, I mean, it's been, oh God, we need to get a defense so Rodgers can win. That was your doomsday was we're going to win the division again and we're going to lose in the NFC title game. That's a great problem to have. A lot of franchises kill to have it. And instead, all of a sudden, it's we are kind of, we've got all of the eyes of the NFL world on us. And so does Atlanta right now. What are we going to do? And who's going to blink first, Aaron Rodgers or that front office? And what a miserable situation. Say it once, say it again. I will keep repeating it. Fire good. Hashtag fire goo. Now, originally planned tonight, we're going to go over a little bit of over-unders, but like you said, we're going to save that up because we want to make sure we give you guys the most amount of money. We got to make sure we're dissecting, looking at all the key additions, departures from each team, so we know how to approach the division in every single game that they're playing. But there's one thing that cannot go untalked about. So there has been a story that, that has been released this is a couple weeks ago. I want to say last week, actually. There's a better right now that has placed $700 on the Cleveland Browns to have the worst record in the league next year. That would result in $175,000 coming his way. What is that? There's no chance. No, there's no chance. no chance unless there's a Marshall. Is it University of Marshall? Marshall University. Oh, you already. Doesn't fucking matter. Jesus. Unless there is a Marshall. Football team. We just got canceled. I feel like we're getting... I don't know why. It feels like this just feels like we're about to get What? Canceled. It's just about a football... It's not a 9-11 joke. It's just a fucking football team. I mean, I'm just saying. We all know what you're saying. You haven't said it, but we know what you're saying. <laughs> if they haven't turned it off for me talking about Marv Albert jerking off into a movie theater, then I don't think they're going to turn it off now. Okay, well, that's fair. Well, I, I guess it wasn't fair. Marv... It wasn't Marv cranking it out. I guess it was more or less me. It was just a good segue to talk about Marv Yeah, Albert. he's like... In, like, his... Uh, leather latex or whatever in a movie theater getting whipped from behind by like three 
middle-aged obese women. Like, I don't know. It's it, But my favorite part is I like that awkward like scenarios. That's my fetish. So I hire an old woman to sit three rows up and always tell us to shush every time a second whip happens. Ooh. It's like one, two, shh, shut up, bitch. Oh wow. She also likes it. Well, one thing real quick, I do want to say going back, oh, and I will talk about the Browns thing in a second. What two divisions do we want to touch on next week? Because we're going to do, like you said, over-unders, but we'll like touch in on like key acquisitions, key departures, things like that. Do you want to do one AFC, NFC like next week? That's what I'm thinking. Um, well, then here you go. I was going to say our first one, I think, or I think all of them potentially, which I kind of think I know where the first one's going to go. Why not throw it up on our Twitter poll? Have some people vote on it. I'll throw it on the Instagram, kind of figure out. Sounds what team good is the most votes, and we'll go from there. Like I said, I have a really weird feeling we're going to go with the, the Norths in the first one. I think you're probably right until I start getting a bunch of burners and picking the AFC West over <laughs> and over again. But that's fine. No, but yeah, what you were saying about the Browns real quick, and then we'll let you wrap up the show for us. This isn't 2004 anymore. This is a... It doesn't make sense to me that you would put that kind of money unless you literally have that kind of money to burn... And it's almost like a flex. Like, hey, I, I'm a mega Steeler fan. I hate the Browns. Or I, whatever, the Browns suck. Haha, <laughs> look at this. I made a bet. Like, there's no winning this bet. I mean, you might as well burn the money. I I would literally give this guy $100 right now. But beforehand, you give me the $750. Here's $100. You get your clout. I'm going to take the money back. Because you're just giving it to a casino otherwise. Because there's... The Browns, when we go into this, it's a 17-game season. We're talking doomsday. We're talking Baker gets hurt. We're talking Nick Chubb gets hurt. What even then? Baker and Chubb are out. What's their over-under win total? It's got to be still six and a half, right? I would assume so. The team's too deep. As long as that O-line and D-line aren't getting touched, they should be fine. They're going to be... They could have no one at quarterback with everyone they have right now. Well, and shit. Let's say that they go 4-13 and by some miracle. Everything went wrong next year. Injuries. I don't know. Like, there's another pandemic and they forfeit half their schedule. I don't think four games is enough to be the worst record in the NFL anymore. I think that you're still going to have a team. I still hate the Lions, what they've done. I think that they're probably a four-ish win team. We don't know what the Texans are going to look like. The Texans are a dumpster fire. Who to say Zach too Wilson conf- stays? Exactly. Too much confidence in the Jets. Maybe a little bit too much confidence in the Jags. Yeah, no kidding. Especially because I mean, it's a different world out there when you don't exactly have all that skill. And God, Urban Meyer, I like I love what he did at Ohio State, but what the hell are you doing, man? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, sorry. Maybe, maybe there's maybe there's a more than one way to skin a cat. Four. Four ways to skin a cat. That's a Parks and Rec reference. We're going to wrap it up there. I am your host, Steve Weed. Of course, joining me always, but now this week in person, Wally Lukashensky. Wally, do you have any parting words for the fans? If you are getting married and you are one of the people out there that turn your bachelor party into a three or a four day weekend thing, you better look out for your boys. Because what are we doing here? That's all I have to say. Otherwise, Colleen Wolf, still love you. We're still in the open relationship. Don't take offense to the Jennifer Aniston stuff. That's she's my uh, what's it called? The white elephant. Well, that the white whales. Well, that's a great point too. But I was gonna say, what's the hall pass? Like if you have one person. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because someone's holding you back from having sex with them currently. They are, and if I was, if literally, 
I don't care if Jennifer Aniston is 95 years old. If she walks up to me and says, you ready to get it on? My future wife better give me a... every single one of your hips and bones right now. My wife better give me a slap on the back and say, hey, man, get it. Get, or get after it in there. Good luck. Because I'd do the same. If you're telling me if my wife had Ryan Gosling or Channing Tatum walking up and say, hey... Do you want to get out of here? I'm like, oh my god, babe. Let me know how it went. Yeah, don't be a biscuit in there. <laughs> like, I, if you don't say yes, I'm going in. Oh, oh, yeah. I was that was already. Fought. I'm pretty sure Channing Tatum is biased, so we can make you can get some. You see why I didn't know that? I don't know. Well, I was gonna say we'll find out one way or another if she, if my wife says no. My wife. My wife. Check us out on all of our social media platforms. We have Twitter, down underscore loss, Facebook, and Instagram, loss of down. Last, last thing for you. I love so much when we do these in person. They're so much more off the rails. Uh, they are. And then I think they make for more entertaining shows for our listeners. Well, they, they, if are they we, like Are we going to purchase a halfway house? I mean, we belong in a halfway house, so. Yes, that does. Yeah, that actually makes sense. So, I mean, at some point we'll be in one. It's just a matter of do we own it or if we're just hanging out together. That's true. Check us out on all of our social media platforms. Of course, he is Walter. I am Steven. Until... What, two weeks? We are lost of down. And let us know what division you want us to cover. We love you guys. Peace.